0: Kyle Krabs here host of locked on NFL scouting join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft check out the locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts
1: this call is being
2: recorded this is Jeff Lloyd host of the Locked On Browns podcast. I'm joined here today by Chris Russell, host of the Locked On Redskins podcast. We talked last night. It's going to be NFC East, AFC North here this week. Obviously, Browns, NFC East here this week. We're going to sit down with Chris. We're going to talk about where the Redskins are at. We're going to talk about where the Browns are at here. We're going to get into all this. And as always, we uh, this new episode in this new month of September is brought to you by the fine folks over at Built Bar. Um, I ate the mint chocolate chip earlier. It's really good. Um, As I told you guys, I've never been a big protein bar. Once my playing days were over, my days of really working out were kind of over as well. Um, But the product itself, we're appreciated to have them here. Go ahead, check them out. We got a promo code. We'll get to you here in a little bit in a break here uh, from the folks at Built Bar. Coolest thing about this is unlike most places that offer a variety pack, you just get what you get. Cool thing about Built Bar is you can go onto the website, use your promo code, And set up the package you want. Only choose the flavors you truly like, which is a really, really smart way. And we're excited to talk with this here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Chris, um, obviously with the Redskins, um, you guys are in a similar fashion as we are. You a whole bunch of new faces, new head coach, um, not a rookie head coach for you guys. But uh, uh, Ron Rivera comes a little bit north, comes on over. He's going to take over now the Washington Redskins. Some thoughts here on Coach Rivera and the free agency process to this point. What have things been like so far
0: in Andover? Yeah, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, as always, always good to be with you. Um, so you know, it's interesting your franchise and the franchise that I cover. You know, we know a lot of we we know a lot of losing. We know a lot of chaos, dysfunction, and we know a lot of different head coaching regimes. Right? Maybe you guys a little <laughs> bit more than. Uh, the Washington Redskins certainly, because Jay Gruden somehow did last five and a half years after a four-year stint with Mike Shanahan. So I, I guess in a sort of a way, I've I've been lucky in that regard. So Ron Rivera comes in, and that kind of surprises a lot of people because Ron is this noble character. He's this this guy that's respected and loved by everyone. He's, in other words, so anti-like what the Redskins are known as, which is a bottom barrel a blood-sucking organization that everybody hates. And Bruce Allen ran into the ground after Dan Snyder had previously run it into the ground. So he's everything that the Redskins really aren't from a character, from a moral standpoint, from a culture standpoint. And I'm sure you've heard this over the years, as have I, you know, football people tell me and Ron preaches it every single time he opens his trap, which is a lot. He does a lot of interviews that it's about building a sustainable culture. And they're building it through with some military uh, experience. Ron, his dad was in the military. They're in in a military area and a military-driven area like the DMV area is, uh, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. So that speaks to part of the fan base. And they're doing things a little bit differently. They didn't back down and give in to guys like, Quentin Dunbar, who they traded to Seattle, they didn't back down and give in to Trent Williams, who they just traded to San Francisco. They are setting an organizational culture and a way of doing things, Jeff, which quite honestly has they have tried to do at times, but they have not been committed to it and they've been impatient with it. So I hope I hope for their sake they truly are patient enough with it this year.
2: Uh, that's the key to any success, and you know, and this is certainly the case with the Browns. It's you know, everything seems great, it seems good, and guess what? Things you know, once the rubber meets the road and things start start going necessarily the way they want, this ownership has been all right. Well, what's the next? You know, pull the escape plan is here, and it, it's hard to you know, you got to sometimes just let things marinate and see what can be best, what can be done for a franchise to ultimately find some success here. Um some names brought in 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 the offseason here. Um you were finally able to move on from Trent Williams during the draft here. Let's get in a little bit into the free agency, into the, you know, the move for Trent Williams here and essentially what will be the changing of the guard so to speak for the Redskins.
0: Yeah, so you you know, um I mean that's the second time Trent Williams' name has come up here in in, in a short couple of minutes and and certainly that is one of the faces that as You install a new culture who is no longer here, and that's really a shame because Trent, for much of his career, Jeff, as a number four overall pick in 2010, the first pick of Mike Shanahan uh, was a Pro Bowl player. He almost wound up in Cleveland. You guys know that with Bill Callahan, the Redskins' former uh, offensive line coach and interim head coach, where there was at least that chance. Um, And and Trent really kind of soured against the organization because of medical issues and medical, I I guess, misdiagnosis, which he feels, and I suppose theoretically is true, almost led to him dying. Whether that exact part is true or not, I'll leave that for somebody else. Here's what I know. It went sour really quick. And then even with the new administration that I mentioned with Ron Rivera coming in and Bruce Allen being fired and the head athletic trainer who he had a problem with being fired, he still... Didn't want to come play once again for the Washington Redskins unless they gave him more guaranteed money and a contract extension, which is kind of ironic because he ain't getting that in San Francisco and he wasn't get. And that's part of the reason why he didn't wind up in Cleveland because you know this Jeff, right? The Browns looked around and said, wait a second, we've got Mm -hmm. all these left tackles in this draft the hell are we going to pay a guy 17 18 million dollars a year and commit to a guy who's 31 and a half who hasn't played in a year and a half who may not even be able to wear a helmet regardless of how good he is regardless of his relationship with Callahan why are we going to do that when we have all these left tackles available for 10 you know for 90 percent less cost and and so that kind of hurt the Redskins that hurt Trent Williams um, it was a big circus, a big soap opera, and ultimately he winds up in in San Francisco. Now, a lesser name, I mentioned Quentin Dunbar, same type of thing. He's off in Seattle. So really it's about changing those guys and then bringing in the guys that Ron Rivera is comfortable with. And some guys he's worked with, some guys he hasn't. You know, Thomas Davis, a veteran linebacker, is here. Kyle Allen, who started 12 games last year for the Panthers when Cam Newton went out. And oh, by the way, just in case Browns fans haven't been paying attention, Cam Newton could still wind up here, Jeff. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. I would probably give it a 1% chance, but I could see late August, if we start training camp in late July, which we still don't know yet, that Cam Newton might wind up here because he knows the offense, he'll be healthy. And if Ron Rivera's still not sold on Dwayne Haskins, which I don't believe he is, uh, that you could wind up with Cam Newton here?
2: Um, we're going to get to Haskins a little bit later here. And I do have some questions along that line. Um, but, but I feel, you know, they tried to be aggressive. And the Trent Williams thing at the end, you know, as bad as Trent Williams wanted to make the organization look, Trent Williams wasn't looking any better himself. The whole thing with Minnesota, well, I don't want to play there. Well, wh- where do you want to go? You know, and, and it gets to a point there. And I went through this with Browns fans, and it was like, we can get Guy a decade younger for basically a third of the money at 10 overall nice. in what is supposed to be a fantastic offensive tackle draft, which is what we said. Well, well maybe you can get him for this, well, but but why, but why? And a lot of it was because Isaiah Simmons, and thank you Arizona for never putting that position, which the Browns were never going to do. And which was funny in this respect, the Browns had, Joe Schubert, they had Christian Kirksey. They let both of them go. They signed one linebacker in free agency for bargain basement money. They drafted one with pick 97. The way it's constructed, they're not valuing linebacker a lot, if any, essentially. With all the assets they had in the offseason, whether it was free agency, whether the draft, they didn't push for the linebacker position. So it was, guys, read the tea leaves here. And all the free agent linebackers went off the board. And even Thomas Davis, like there was a name. And for the money he went for, hey, that would have been great. But, you know, you're always going to go, you know, that later in your career, you're going to go where you're at least you're going to feel comfortable and at least you know what was going on. And so we went through this with the fan base here. And they just, I, I guess they just didn't want to get it, didn't want to believe it. Oh, well, Trent went to Oklahoma. Well, that's great. Him and Baker played together. It's like seven right. years apart, guys. Right. It was never even close. And it's just funny you know, the way fan, base,
0: fan, fan bases are
2: attached to a name because they know the name.
0: Yep. Well, you're absolutely right about that. And and listen, it made more sense than maybe we're giving credence to just because they were so dreadful at left tackle. You know that you guys have been dealing with it. And because of Callahan, I mean, I, I'll admit, I drove the train a little bit uh, too initially for Cleveland, but Listen, teams do different things at different, you know, ways. There's other connections as we find out, you know, across the NFL, not just with Trent Williams. um, There's other connections in past again Trent Williams was drafted by Kyle Shanahan who now runs the 49ers ironically Kyle Shanahan of course wound up in Cleveland after getting fired from Washington and then he got fired in Cleveland or he left or whatever the whole story was uh you know there so I mean connections are are one of those things now I I I do believe like and I don't know if you share the same sentiment Ron Rivera is bringing in some of his guys guys that he knows will help him install the culture the work ethic the way he wants it done is Stefanski kind of looking at that and trying to do that or does that not seem to be a part of this regime early on
2: is looking for athletic tackles to run this wide zone system and look, this is what Trent Williams was back in the day, but they wanted to peg this. You know, they went out and got you know Conklin, and that was a great move on their part. He was a top tackle on, you know, within free agency. They went out and they addressed it extremely hard. They got that put to bed rather quickly here to run this wide zone. And this is one of the successful things that they did do well last year with Freddie Kitchens is you know, Nick Chubb was fantastic. He was excellent in the wide zone scheme. So they needed guys to fit that. You know, Conklin was one. Uh, With any of these four top tackles, whether it had been Thomas, who obviously went to the Giants, the other three, they all tested well as athletes. They all kind of fit the bill. Look, you could find a way to put a chink in the armor of any one of these guys. You certainly can do that because, you know, you're going to find a knock on any prospect. You know, so Wills, what do you want to say? Well, he's never played the left side. Okay, that's fine. Um, all the traits seem to line up and we had some of the you know the big draft guys whether it was a Dane Brugler put guys like that who said look I I don't see any reason whatsoever it's going to be an issue for him to move to the other side I think Kevin Stefanski want and this was the key of every move they've made here is this is a fit and it, it just kept becoming a universal language this is a fit this is a fit they want guys who can move and it's not just you know Chipping a D end, it's well, if you know our back turns the corner and the opportunity's there, get your butt on downfield and hopefully you can mm-hmm. get your hat on another guy. And what was going to be an eight yard run now becomes a 28 yard run. And for Stefanski and his type of guy, his type of guy is ball player and dedication. And that's what you're going to get from an analytic front. That's what you're going to get from all the work that they've done here from Andrew Barry, from Paul T. Podesta. It's put in the work. Trying to put a square peg into a round hole essentially here. What we know what we need. You wouldn't be here otherwise. So I think that's making a lot of these players feel pretty comfortable about the situation they've been put into.
0: Yeah, I I and you you know, I mean, look, there's there's always going to be fits in a certain system and what a certain coach wants, you know, uh over here, I mean, Cleveland fans are obviously familiar, long time uh NFL Offense coordinator and head coach uh, Norv Turner while well, his son Scott Turner is running the Redskins offense. So what, what kind of offense does he like? Duh, he's going to like what his dad liked and what his dad taught him. Uh, and how are they going to make certain guys fit uh, into what they ideally want. That's what we're still trying to figure out. What kind of routes are going to be their staple on third and four, third and five? How are they going to get guys open? Are they going to be three by one, two by two? All of that stuff. You know, we could talk about this forever in terms of the changing of the guard of these organizations. Hopefully, I will just wrap up this portion. Uh, you know, hopefully with, with you mentioned Andrew Berry and Dee Podesta has been there for a couple of years and now Stefanski, a young, well-thought-of, Uh, offensive mind who gets his opportunity to be a head coach and the Redskins kind of taking the opposite approach after going offense for so long and big name, not that Ron Rivera is not a big name, but Ron Rivera's, like not a flashy name. He's a big name without it being a flashy name. And then you add Jack Del Rio and they're trying to build and get this defense even better and then reduce the pressure on Dwayne Haskins, Terry McLaurin, the Ohio State guys that we kind of touched on and that we'll get more into. So it's interesting how you build these franchises. And, of course, they take on the identity of the people making the decisions because, well, they're going to go with what they're most comfortable with.
2: Well, that's it. What do you look for? You look for yourself and a player. You look for yourself, you know, what will fit in your system. And usually, you know, if it's your system and it's what you preach, you can sniff that out. And that may have been one thing some of these teams were able to get, you know, through with these players with the amount of Zoom sessions. And as opposed to just, you know, the formal come to our facility we'll have lunch together. We'll spend three hours. We'll watch some tape. You'll tour the facility you got to spend more and more t- time with these people. And one thing we tried to tell some of our listeners is get for franchises, getting to know players through everything that everybody's been going th- through with this pandemic here is you could probably see the maturity of some of these young men in such a situation like this. You know, if you talked with one kid, you know, and, and Hey, you know, Hey coach, how's your family? How's this out the other thing? Or, and you know, Chris, you've been doing this a long time, just like me is, you know, some of these kids, you know, uh, uh, uh Hey, what's up? You know, I mean, like it's that type of thing. you, you I think you could find the maturity level of these kids due to what was going on here. And I think that was something that was able to, you know, show and be evident. And I, and I know that's, you know, I I've heard from some Brown folks that they were able to really get a solid judge on character from some of these guys, just due to the difficulties that we're all going through right now. And that was for some guys that was the the decision of, is it this guy or is it this guy? Well, you know what? This guy kid really came off really well in these interviews and was smart and understanding the world and what the world is right now. And, you know, there were some kids that really blew their minds as far as being super intelligent, super mature in these situations.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, um, you know, and I, I would just say this, Jeff, you know, (laughs) The reason why these two organizations have kind of been constantly in this turmoil is because they haven't done things right. Obviously, they haven't made smart, common sense decisions. They haven't been patient at times. They haven't been, um, you know, what's like? they they've made decisions for different reasons and i can speak more to the redskins but i follow the browns from afar you know, when you make decisions based on Jersey sales and merchandising and sweets and all of that stuff, and, and, you know, what excites the fan base and you can't make decisions like that in the national football league and succeed. It's hard enough to succeed if you're doing things the right way and to consistently succeed, like an Andy Reid has done wherever he's gone, Uh, like, you know, others have gone done no matter where they've gone uh in the NFL, whether it be players or it's hard enough to do that. It's impossible to do it when you're not doing it the right way. So from a, you know, I, I do feel like these two organizations maybe finally have a little bit of stability and a little bit of a less rudderless ship feeling to them. And maybe they can finally head in the right direction without so much of the choppy water nonsense that has infiltrated these two organizations for so long?
2: Yeah, without question. And for you, for me, you know, we want to be talking January football. That's, you know, the ultimate goal here when you do this. Um, I don't in for my first couple of years here, I don't want to be talking the draft by October. I, I want to be talking about eyes towards January. Chris Russell from Locked On Redskins, Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns. We're going to continue to roll on through here on crossover week here. Uh, NFC East, AFC North on the Locked On Podcast Network. As I told you, we have a new sponsor here with uh, Built Bar. Um, I was blown away here. The package shows up the other day, and you know, Chris has got kids at home. I got kids here. Everybody's trapped in the house. They're, every, they're eating everybody at a house and home. They see food. They go ahead and they attack. Uh, I didn't even tell them what it was. They started eating it. Oh, this tastes like a candy bar. One was a peanut butter smoothie. Another one, like I mentioned, was the uh, mint chocolate chip, which has got a little bit of the uh, Girl Scout flavor to it outstanding taste to it. Um, I don't work out much anymore, like I mentioned earlier, but there's really, really good taste to it. Uh, chocolate, there's a lot of nuts. They do make a bunch of bars without nuts. If you you know, you have a household where you have a nut allergy, uh, they're certainly able to you know, com- uh, be able to take care of you as far as that goes as well. Um, really, really smart with that aspect of it. Like I said, one of the aspects I love is you can build your own box. When you go in, use the promo code LOCKEDON, locked on L O C K E D capital O N. Locked on. Go into the site. You can create and customize your favorite type of flavors, and have it said to you. Um, amazing combination of low calorie, high protein, and low sugar. No crazy additives. If you compare it to the most popular bars, I'm not going to say their name. It is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, um, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good for you and taste that good? I don't know. You're going to have to ask the folks at Built Bar that is the secret to it all go to builtbar.com and use the promo code like i said locked on capital l capital o and get ten dollars off your first box when you visit www.builtbar.com
1: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Chris, obviously it, was a, it wasn't really a hidden secret here. Your team went and added with the number two overall selection, Mr. Chase Young, a bunch of my listeners here, Browns fans, Ohio State fans, usually coincides here. First off, I look at this defensive line that you've got going on in Washington, and it literally just kind of blows my mind because it's – Cleveland's gotten deeper, but I look what you guys have, and it's almost like, well, what are you going to do? Like a batting order? Is it going to be three snaps and then you're out and we'll put somebody else in? Because it's a really, really impressive defensive line they've got going on down there in Washington.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And actually, you know, the last guy that anybody would ever bring up is a former Cleveland Brown, Caleb Brantley, for Browns fans that remember him and how quickly he departed from Cleveland. And he's, you know, maybe going to be a part of this rotation. And I, I think he's shown some flashes when he's been healthy. That was part of the problem last year. You know, it, it, Jeff it, it, that He wasn't healthy So so that's that, that's one aside But you mentioned Chase Young And obviously he comes in as the number two overall pick All sorts of expectations I mean, look, I would think Redskins fans Are going to be disappointed if he doesn't get 10 sacks But the thing that jumps out to me About Chase Young based on tape Based on talking to uh, guys like Scott McLuhan who helped out the Browns A, a couple of years ago in yep. the draft or John Dorsey, uh, who's a long-time Evaluator, talking to Chase Himself, is his run defense is going to really help them out. He's not, you know, 240 and pushed around on the edge by a 325 pound monster at left tackle or even a 270 pound tight end uh, blocking in space. That's not Chase Young. He's 265 with the ability to go up to 275, 280 without losing that quick burst and explosion. So I think he's really going to help the Redskins in both ways. The more sexier way will be the the sacks, the better way and the more effective way will be the run. And quite honestly, Jeff, they need it because they've struggled to stop the run down the stretch the last couple of years, especially in the second half, even with some of that talent that you mentioned, Jonathan Allen, first round pick out of Alabama a couple of years ago, Deron Payne, the year after that same thing, first round pick out of Alabama, Matt Ioannidis from Temple, a fifth round pick, who's probably their best pass rusher, quite honestly. And then don't forget, as they're converting from the 3-4 to the 4-3, that means Ryan Kerrigan and Montez Sweat are now – Quote unquote defensive ends and defensive linemen in this system that Del Rio and Rivera want to play. So they've got a ton of talent, but it is time to put up or shut up. There is no excuse for not being able to stop the run. And what happens if you can stop the run consistently? Then you can pin your ears back and try and get after the quarterback and make the job of stopping the passing game so much easier.
2: Yeah, it was actually kind of funny because one of my good friends here in New Jersey. Um, it, it was, I think, it was sixteen or seventeen. The Giants and Redskins had that late season epic battle, and he was so excited. He's like, "Yeah, well, you know, it's nice to get that W. Hey, uh, y'all just cost yourself, Chase Young, buddy. So if you're excited about it, that's great. But uh, you just cost yourself the best pass rusher in this draft.
0: Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. But, but again, you know, I, I would just say like he's going to be known and judged based on his sack total i'll judge him you know and maybe this is football snobbish of me i'll judge him a different way i'll judge him if the redskins defense can goes you know goes from historically bad on third down which they've been awful on third down so many times over the last three or four years jeff um to you know if they can be at least medium at least maybe top 12 something like that I mean I'm not asking them to be top three or whatever I'll judge him based on that which is a combination of run defense and as well pass rush and the the other thing that jumps out to me and I'm sure you guys know this and you know again Buckeye fans that are Browns fans that are, are listening to lock on Browns on a, on a regular basis they probably already know this for a kid who's 21 whatever he is I don't know if I've, in all my years doing this, Jeff, if I've met a more modest, humble, really down to earth superstar than chase young. And maybe I have a bad impression, but everyone around here thinks kind of the same thing. And I've talked to him a number of times already, and I've talked to people about him. And that was one of the things that had made him so attractive as an NFL candidate is that people don't feel like they have to worry about him as a character. He grew up in a good family. Um, You know, and ironically, he's from this area, so he gets to play at home. He grew up in a good family, dad, and law enforcement, that type of thing. You don't have to worry about him being a punk, which is a great thing when you take somebody number two overall.
2: Yeah. And, you know, some of, you know, having done the show, I've gotten some connections, you know, with guys, you know, folks who cover the Ohio state program and just said, look, you get a different vibe from this kid than you did from the Bosa brothers. And obviously, you know, that lineage of Ohio state defensive ends, he'll always, you know, be compared to those guys and where you're at, as far as talking about him, as far as, you know, being the overall package. And that's one thing we got to see with miles Garrett, as he's blossomed headed now into year four is, don't try to bust up every play. And I think that's one thing Miles Garrett learned this year from Olivier Vernon. It's okay to be a guy who grades out well. Look, the sacks will come, the pass rush opportunities will come. Don't let your man around the corner. You know, I mean, guys are running wide. It's your job to set that edge. And Miles did a great job with that in 2019. You know, Chase Young has a reputation for that, of giving himself up for what is the good of the defense at Ohio State. And you add that to experienced players like Carrigan, Sweat, who you know obviously tested like an ultra athlete, and you've got these guys on the interior. It's a really, really nice setup for what they've got. And look, and Ron Rivera, what was his, you know, kind of his calling card for the early years in Carolina was, we're going to play really, really hard defense, sound defense. You know, it started to graduate more to you know a, a point scoring offense when they got somebody like Cam. But the nuts and, nuts and bolts of it was, let's play really, really hard defense, and we'll let the chips fall where they may afterwards.
0: Yeah, and and you know, I mean, again, that's taking on the identity of your head coach, right? Now now here's the difference. You know, Rivera and Del Rio come in here and it's not like they have to rebuild this thing. They have the cupboards, you know, outside of corner, um, which you know, some teams are just not gonna have everything. Mention Quentin Dunbar. You know, some teams are going to struggle. You you know, you're talking about how Stefanski and this administration doesn't really value linebackers. So that's probably going to be a weakness that you look at if your, you know, defense doesn't get off the field. Well, if they would have valued more, well, the Redskins had a built-in defensive line and then they add and supplement um, you know Montez Sweat as a first-round pick, previous administration, and now of course Chase Young. And I guess the theory is you can never have enough. But where they're weak, where they're flawed, is at cornerback. So the question becomes: Is can you make up enough of your weaknesses and flaws at corner, and maybe even at safety still in coverage, if you have a better pass rush, if you have a deeper pass rush, if you have a more sustained pass rush? And I'll I'll take you back to the Eagles Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They were able to rotate eight defensive line guys right? And just keep coming after Tom Brady, coming, coming and made it easier on their corners who weren't great by the way to cover. Same thing for the Giants when they won their last Super Bowl. Remember that NASCAR package that everybody used to talk about? They kick ends into defensive tack and they just kept coming and wear you out over the course of 60 minutes. And that's how you can win a championship. Even if you have depth issues or talent issues, quite honestly, on the back end or at linebacker, like, you know, you were kind of mentioning with the Browns.
2: And, and the other thing is, within a first year, you're not going to get everything done. Right. And, you know, we still have everybody now, you know, and, you know, some, well, maybe they can do that. Maybe they, look, sometimes you, you're content with where you're at. Um, and if it's a fit, obviously, you're going to go and you pursue it. Um, You were not going to overturn every stone. And look, even Bill, every year, Bill Belichick up in New England, it it had a little bit of a difference to it. You know, he knew where his weaknesses are and what a good coaches do. Scheme around your weakness. So we're going to be stronger here because I can't address this hole, so to speak. And that's what any franchise is going to hope for. No roster is essentially going to be perfect. Even if you do kick the number up to 55, it's just not the way it works. You got to be practical in that respect here.
0: Yeah, so you know, here's here's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you before I, I and and I'm gonna apologize because I don't know where we are on time, but I, I have to get this in right for because everybody's fascinated Jeff by by Baker Mayfield, right? And Odell Beckham Jr. We know things didn't go well on the field last year for them. I mean, they weren't horrible by any stretch of the imagination, but compared to the expectations, compared to the hype, you know, it's kind of like what Tom Brady in Tampa is facing right now, but with a different situation, of course. Where would you say entering year three for Baker, year two with Odell, this offense is? Is it? Are, are you absolutely sure that this offense is going to kick ass and take names, or do you still have major question marks? Or are you somewhere in between?
2: I'm I'm pretty confident that I, I think they have the correct recipe. What happened? From 18 to 19, they got really, really good offensive tackle play from Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard. These guys had essentially been average players for most of their careers. They played really, really strong down the closing ends of 2018, which led to Freddie Kitchens getting the head coaching job, which led to let's keep Greg Robinson in the fold. All right, we'll keep Chris Chris Hubbard one more year. What you were asking for, were those guys to be – the same guys they were down the stretch in 2018, which neither guy had ever been before in their career. So regression, it wasn't shocking. Now you had an experienced head coach and you had him in a situation. I mean, the Browns were the cover of the NFL preview on Sports Illustrated. So with all of that and all that hype, I think there was some thought of we're just going to throw this out on the field and it's going to score points. And they scripted their first 10, 12 plays each week and the first drive looked pretty good. And the problem, part of it was, was Odell wasn't practicing much. Jarvis Landry wasn't practicing much. They would maybe be able to go on Friday, walk through. Here's what we got in mind. Boom, boom, boom. Then after the 10 to 12 scripted plays, everything kind of went just haywire. Mm -hmm. Freddie was calling stuff that wasn't practiced anymore. It wasn't in the Friday walkthroughs. And like we would hear so many times in Mondays, well, a lot of guys are really running the wrong patterns. And, you know, this guy's running the wrong pattern. That I've got – it's like, well, how are so many professional athletes running the wrong patterns? Something has to be amiss here. When Todd Monken had left, you know, he decided to babble a little bit. And look, we, you know, what was on the play sheet wasn't what they were calling. And you hear that and you're like, that's when the light goes on. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Guys weren't familiar with it. They weren't comfortable with it. Baker is Baker. And I think, did he get discouraged last year? Did he get fed up? Because he was part of the, hey, let's do this with Freddie. It, it really worked well. And, you know, to take it from 0-16 to 7-8-1, and 1, it did make a lot of sense, as hot as they were playing towards the end of 18. And you had no way to really show what Freddie was capable of in adversity, because they really weren't in many adverse situations going down the wire in 2018. So that, you know, led to some issues. And then I think once they kind of got punched in the mouth a couple of times, I think it was really, really hard for them to come back, so to speak. Like they weren't I'm sure they all thought it was probably going to come easier than it did. But once they kind of got punched around a little bit, it it was hard for them to get back in the ring, so to speak. And then once the losses on defense, whether it was Miles' suspension, Olivier Vernon and his injuries, um, they had started the year with eight safeties. When they got towards the end of the season, they were playing safety number seven. They were playing safety number eight. Um, Their two, two starting cornerbacks missed an entire month of games. So many things just become that hard to overcome. They made the right decision in moving that whole administration out, no doubt, because there was no uniformity, which is what they have now, whether it's Steve Podesta, whether it's Barry, whether it's Stefanski, you can almost close your eyes and they all sound the same because it's the same verbiage. It's the same language. It's the, this is what we need to do. Everybody needs to say, you know, be on the same page, follow the letter to the law. And that was not the case in 19, that everything was you know, kind of cocky. And it got to a point early where it's like, wow, these guys are a real cocky bunch for a team that can't get any points on the board.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, I, I love your analogy about not being willing, able, whatever to get back into the ring because a lot of that happened around here too, with Jay Gruden's offense, it would be, You know, they'd come out strong and they'd be able to execute what they wanted to execute early. Sometimes they'd, you know, punch it in. Sometimes a lot of times they'd have to settle uh, for a field goal because they weren't proficient inside the red zone. But then when things went haywire a little bit, when things get chaotic, when teams take away certain things, certain looks, certain coverages, whatever the case might be. That's when the bad teams, I think, tend to fold, Jeff, and we've seen probably a lot of that over the last, Oh, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of it over the last 12, 13, 14 years that I've been, you know, covering the Washington Redskins. And I know you've been, you know, see, seeing a lot of it. Browns fans obviously have seen a lot of that uh, since the Browns have come back for uh, part deux.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, uh, folks! You are listening to Crossover Week on the Locked On Podcast Network. Whether it's iTunes, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Redskins. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Browns. Uh, Five star ratings and reviews are always a fantastic addition to the show. We do appreciate it for that. Spotify, make sure you're following. Same thing. Ratings, reviews. These are things that fuel podcasts. podcast. Uh, doesn't cost you all a lot, dime to help Chris and I out. So please make sure you're doing that. iTunes, Spotify.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Chris, before we put a bow on this, I'd be remiss without asking. Now look, obviously it's Chase Young, Terry McLaren, Dwayne Haskins. There's that nice little nugget of Ohio State that's kind of popping up down there in Washington, D.C. We've gotten to Chase Young a little bit here. Now, Dwayne Haskins is going to be in a little bit of a difficult situation here. Um, It's always tough, you know, going into a second year when you're going to play for a coach, and he was not the guy that brought you to town here. Um, How much faith do you think Ron Rivera has in Dwayne Haskins? Granted, it was a small sample size here, Um, but I'm assuming Dwayne's got to probably play pretty. A veteran coach like Ron Revin, can here. It could be, you know, eyes to, hey, if this doesn't go very well, you know, is this my guy? Oh, you know, I don't want to go down essentially without using my guy.
0: Yeah. And, and, and that's really kind of the conundrum that we've faced since Ron took over. And we knew that was going to be the case. Um, because, you know, ironically, Jeff, the, the former head coach who was here when Dwayne Haskins was drafted. He didn't want him either so we knew if the guy who was here when he was selected didn't want him that there was a <laughs> chance at least that the guy that they were going to hire uh didn't want him. So and 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 I don't want to say that Ron Rivera doesn't want Dwayne Haskins, but I would say Ron Rivera is very tepid, very hesitant to fully embrace, to give a big old squishy hug to Dwayne Haskins, to kind of put that in a different color uh, or a different illustration, I should say. I, I, think, I think this offseason, which is crazy and they can't work together and they have to do everything virtually and all that, certainly has not helped that. Uh, I think the fact that Kyle Smith, who is the son of longtime Chargers and NFL J.M., A.J. Smith, he's their vice president a player personnel. He was part of the group here that was here and still here uh, under – Uh, Jay Gruden last year when Dwayne Haskins was, was selected. My understanding is Kyle Smith was not on board with that selection. And now he's the VP of player personnel, essentially the general manager. Right. And so what do you do? You can do what Arizona did last year, or you can do what the Redskins are doing this year, which is okay. We have our doubts. We're not sure. We're going to bring in somebody we like, i.e. Kyle Allen, somebody who knows the system We might still bring in Cam at some point if, you know, 1% chance, but more importantly, we're going to go into this year without fully embracing Dwayne Haskins. And we're going to put his feet to the fire and see what he's got and see if he can answer the bell.
2: Uh, it, it, It makes sense. And it's just the way this business goes I do want to ask you one more. Terry McLaren, what was it like covering him last year? Obviously, where he was drafted, I don't think anybody kind of saw the rookie year you were going to get from Terry.
0: Uh, he was tremendous. I mean, I'm actually doing a story uh, right now on him uh, for uh, Redskinsreport.com, which is part of Even that before we started chatting here. Um, you know, Terry had just under 1,000 yards, he got hurt. In week sixteen, took a nasty shot along the sideline, making a great catch. He missed one other game, so he only played in fourteen games. So he easily would have been over a thousand uh, if he uh, would have played all sixteen. And oh, by the way, if he would have had a decent quarterback situation, Jeff, because he had three, and neither situation, quite honestly, was really good. And there was a lot of dysfunction and chaos. And he quick. Here's here's the deal on Terry McLaurin, and Ohio State fans will appreciate this. Um, in in no, first of all, he's a solid gold guy. Number one, incredibly mature beyond his years. Number two, when they drafted him, the book on him was best special teams player in the draft. When they drafted him, when they were right on the precipice of training camp, so after the off season program, they were still publicly saying this dude's going to be a core special teamer. This guy's going to be a maniac on special team. You know how many special team snaps he played in his rookie year? Three. Three. Because he was too damn good as a receiver Mm -hmm. to, quote, unquote, waste on special teams. Not that you're wasting it, but that's the kind of dude you're dealing with with Scary Terry, which I know he doesn't love that nickname, Uh, you know. Uh, Whatever you want to call him, Terry McLaurin, as long as he can stay healthy, is a dude. And I thought he was going to be better as a receiver than the book on him coming out of Ohio State. I didn't know if he would be as good as he showed in route running and ability to catch the rock in some tough situations as he was in his rookie year.
2: And that's great to see. And because even a player like him, you know, had his, you know, knock some people said, oh, he's a little older. Well, why didn't Ohio State totally use him? Um, without understanding the process of, you know, big time programs, you have so many five stars and you promise these kids playing times, you know, playing time. Some of these guys are going to get, you know, caught into a numbers game and look, Ohio State's never really turned out that 85 to 90 reception, you know, 1200, 1300, 1400 yard receiver, just because they have them, but he was everything about him tested well. And the fact that he was willing to play special teams, and it's—you put the ultimate nail on the head where you know they brought him in, and thought they had a guy who could contribute as a wide receiver, came with spot, you know, plus special teams ability, and then it was well, I, I, well, we can't use him there because essentially right now he's at our number one.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and, and listen, maybe a a different team that had a better receiver. you know, if he went to the Cleveland Browns and Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry were there, he was going to play a lot on special teams, right? The Redskins had a need and Terry McLaurin was better than even they thought he was going to be as a receiver. He was smarter. He was more mature. He was just, he was a better route. He was everything that they hoped he would be, that they weren't sure that he was going to be. And, oh, by the way, that matched a desperate, desperate need. So much so that they were able, uh, before the season even started, to cut bait with their former first-round pick, Josh Doxon, um, you know, who was taken in 2016 and wasn't really costing a whole lot. They were like, well, okay, we don't need that guy, <laughs> you know, because Scary <laughs> Terry was so damn good.
2: Yeah, it was refreshing to see it was, and he loved to see that when a kid just finds a spot. And now, you know, all he needed was more of the opportunity. And once he got more of the opportunity, obviously, you know, literally, proverbially, took the ball and just ran with it.
0: No doubt, no doubt. I, I mean, again, I, I'll just wrap up this part on him. And just say, that's the Ohio State guy you don't have to worry about. Uh, well, I, I mean, I would say that about Chase, too. Uh, you know, Chase, I think, is just going to come down to health and whether or not he's healthy. I don't think there's going to be any other problems. McLaren, I guess the only knock against him, you know, as a smallish type guy in a physical sport, you know, he's going to get banged around. And again, mention he had a couple of different injuries that cost him a couple of games. I think Dwayne Haskins, as we sum up kind of the Ohio State. A Palooza part of this is going to be the guy. (laughs) I I don't. I don't know if it quite honestly helps that you know a guy like Urban Meyer who has given the Redskins a lot of advice and a lot, you know, that he calls him out for. Basically a maturity type thing, a a social media type, you know, I'm a little bit worried about, you know, because that's all the seeds that were already planted in the mind and in the head of Ron Rivera, Scott Turner and the Kyle Smith guy that I was mentioning. So when Urban Meyer tells them that and says that, you know. Let's just put it this way. Dwayne better come with his lunch pail and he better have his hard hat on for about 12 hours a day, every single day. The minute that building opens up.
2: Almost certainly somebody's going to be monitoring the uh, the parking, the parking spot, so to speak. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, no, no doubt. And, you know, I, I mean, listen, uh, you know, the Browns. Um, The Redskins come to Cleveland this year. That's not going to be easy. That's not going to be fun. Again, that, you know, you guys should have some pretty favorable matchups on the outside. I was mentioning the, you know, the, uh, I guess the lack of depth at corner, you know, you got Ronald Darby. Uh, and you've got, you know, Fabian Moreau and Kendall Fuller's back, who they traded away in the Alex Smith deal to Kansas City. He's really more of a slot guy. So they're okay, but that when these two teams match up, assuming that Baker's there, assuming that Landry's there, assuming that Odell's there, that's probably, I would say, the best thing I can tell Browns fans to look forward to, that's going to be where you're going to win this football game, period.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and for the Browns, it's going to be, you know, how does this offensive line, you know, check out? It's great that they have veterans in the middle that are going to be able to work, you know, with, you know, Jedrick Wills as he goes through this transition uh, it's going to be Conklin. But as we talked about, you know, when you can go with that deep at defensive line and this is kind of closer to where the Browns are getting and I've been preaching for years. It's yes, it's about depth of the defensive line. It's the biggest key. The offensive linemen don't get blows defensive linemen. If you've got good enough guys where you can get them blows, that can wreck any game plan. It can wreck any Sunday. It can wreck any Monday night. So, you know, obviously the coverage aspect, you know, Redskins, you know, how could they can contain the Browns receivers? On the other side of it, it's going to be the Browns offensive line because you look, I mean, you're bringing a ton of first rounders, yep. you know, from this Washington defensive line, an impressive, impressive group. Chris had an absolute blast here today.
0: Absolutely, Jeff. Always great to catch up with you, my man. Um, Talk some Redskins, Cleveland Browns football. I know we're going to be doing this uh, again as we approach that game, whenever that game is right, because we don't know at this point whether it's going to be early, late uh, and who knows, you know, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe these two lost franchises will once again, uh, you know, meet in a different type of game one day down the road and we'll all have fun down in some warm tropical climate, you know. 100%
2: works for me, my friend. That is Chris Russell, host of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Chris does a fantastic job over there. Uh, I am Jeff Lloyd, host of Locked On Browns here. We've been doing the uh, crossovers this week um, uh, with AFC North and uh, NFC East back in this year. It's nice to sit down and talk with these guys here. You know, the State of the Union, it's just amazing how much teams just change so quickly. You know, almost not probably 95 to 99% of these rosters. Neither one of these guys were involved the last time, two times these teams met. So always interesting from that aspect with that, we're going to put a bow on this one here again, everybody. Thanks to our sponsor built bar. Make sure you guys are checking out locked on Redskins, iTunes, Spotify, same thing with locked on Browns. Appreciate everybody for your time. Enjoy your week. And thank you for your ears.
1: Hey, prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ads,